You're listening to The Real 96 Podcast, a deep dive into all the movies of 1996. Well, most of them, 25 years later. Now here's your host, Nathan Ludwig. And good afternoon, or good evening, or good night, good morrow. Whenever you're listening to The Real 96 Podcast, we don't discriminate. Whenever you can get your 1996 movies fix in, we appreciate it, no matter the time of day. So this is it. This is the last of six films to open on January 12th, 1996, with an added feature tacked on. That's right, we're talking about Two If By Sea with Sandra Bullock and Dennis Leary, as well as Bed of Roses with Mary Stuart Masterson and Christian Slater himself. Uh, that movie was released on January 26th, of 1996 Super Bowl weekend that year. It was a bit of counter-programming against the Super Bowl, and Bed of Roses kind of has a cult status even 25 years later as this kind of, like I said, a cult romance film. Definitely not a romantic comedy. There's a bit of a stalker vibe going on too, but it's it's what you make of it. I'm not going to judge. Uh, and uh, Two If By Sea is supposed to be a romantic comedy, like a screwball romantic comedy from Days of Yore. Does it work still? Oof. Does Dennis Leary's comedy still work? That's the bigger question. That's for you to decide. Uh, so join us now as we talk about all of those things and more with our special guest, Rakefet Abergel, actor, screenwriter, producer, director extraordinaire. So we're very lucky to have her on the show. It's a very fun, very light conversation about romance films. So if that's your genre, you're in heaven coming up. So enjoy the show, and I'll be back at the end to give you all the details about next week's show. Uh, January 12th and January 26, 1996, these two movies were released. Uh, two If By Me with Sandra Bullock and Dennis Leary, and Bed of Roses with Christian Slater and Mary Masterson. These, I don't know about you, Kevin, but these two movies, as a teenage boy in the mid-90s, these movies were not on my radar. Um, <laughs> At all. Imagine. <laughs> um, I, I remember seeing ads for them in trailers and stuff, but they passed me by. Like they were just not, they were not, I was not the target audience, I guess. Yeah. I was so. going to say, how old are you now? I am 41 now. Oh, okay. So, so we're the same age. We're the same age. Yeah. Okay, okay. Same. Gotcha. So what about you? Is this, was this your first time watching these? Had, were you aware of these kind of back in the day? Two of my C, I, I don't remember the title. Like, the title meant nothing to me. But then when I was watching it, I was like, I've seen this. Like, I know I've seen this, even though it was 20-something mm -hmm. years ago. And then Better Roses, I had no recollection whatsoever. But as I was watching it, I was like, oh, I definitely saw <laughs> Like, I definitely saw this. I was even, like, calling some of the lines before they were coming. And I'm like, why do I still know what she's about to say? Like, I haven't seen this movie in 23 years or something. Um oh. But they were, I was definitely the target audience for those movies. Yeah. And I was a big fan. I have a huge, it's funny because both of them, I have Andrew Bullock and Mary Stuart Masterson. <laughs> so um, they, that was fun. <laughs> that was fun to see them. I, I remember, I mean, I remember Mary Stuart Masterson being in a bunch of movies. And when I was sitting down to watch it, I was like, I don't actually think I've ever seen her in a movie before, even though I knew who she was. And, and what I was about like, Fried Green Tomatoes. Yeah, Fried Green Tomatoes. That was the one. 
that I had watched with my mother, like back in the early 90s. (laughs) That's right. She was in that movie. So, yeah, that's that's crazy. She's like in a lot of stuff hadn't seen yet so um, well i think a lot of the stuff even fried green tomatoes was not uh you were still not the target audience of most of the things that she did i mean some kind of wonderful i guess maybe um some kind of wonderful she's in bad girls that western yeah i I do remember (laughs) that one i love the bad girls like i just i she's just the only thing i had a problem with her in bed of roses was and I don't even know if she's a lesbian in real life, but I kept not buying that she was straight in that movie, like, at all. I just she kept was- going, like, why is he like this butchy girl? Like, I don't know. She just didn't seem, like, straight to me. Like, she looked alarmingly, like, especially with her hairstyle, she looked a lot like Joan Cusack. Like, it was weird. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> like, how, how similar she looked. I was like, I'm just waiting for her to break into her, like, Joan Cusack shtick. And I was like, oh, wait, that's, this is not Joan Cusack. And, uh, it's not her. Yeah, she's kind of, I, I don't know, like, her, her, she just seems not straight to me. And, and their chemistry felt very not real. Like, I just wasn't buying that they were into each other. I just, it, it was like, kind of like, yeah. Me. It was kind of like, hey, we're characters in this movie. I guess we have to fall in love. Let's. Well, and let's- there, yeah, and I don't know if it was like a '90s thing or what, but like every kiss was like, first I touch your face, then I turn my head, then I come in close, and it's just like, oh my god, like what are you doing? I don't know. It just seemed so disingenuous. Is that a word? Disingenuous? Mm-hmm. No, is that a word? I don't know. I just no, made it up. Yeah, that's a word. No, you're sure. good. And Pamela Adlon is in it, and I almost didn't recognize her, and I love her, um, yes. but she was so young. She's credited as something else. Um, her last name is different in this movie. That's why. Oh, Pamela oh. Seagal. She's credited as Pamela Seagal in this movie, and I was like, wait a minute. I know who that is. Like, <laughs> Yeah, the whole time I'm, she's talking, I'm like, I, that, I, that's her. And I, so I went on IMDb, and I looked her up, but it says Pamela Adlon on IMDb because that's her name on IMDb now, I guess. But Right, right. Um, so I was expecting, you know, I knew Bed of Roses was going to be kind of a serious kind of like romantic drama, but I was expecting Two of My C to be more of a comedy. And it, there were there was some stuff that was supposed to be comedy in this in that movie, but it was more of a comedy kind of thing, closer to Bed of Roses, and uh, and I was not expecting that at all. And I had thought that I'd seen this movie before. I had not seen this movie before at all. I didn't remember a single thing, and it was just weird because Sandra Bullock, in kind of like especially back then in her career, in this kind of weird like they're like thieves stealing art. And it was kind of supposed to be this quirky, like 90s style, like there's a lot of snappy dialogue. And right. and uh, I just, I don't know. I just didn't buy any of it either in that movie. <laughs> like it was well, too. Her, her Boston accent has not good. <laughs> First of no. all. Like, no, she was, was talking not. in the beginning and I was like, what accent is she trying to do? Like, it's not, I don't know. It just didn't feel natural. So for those who haven't seen these movies and are wondering what, the hell we're talking about let's go into um let's go into two if i see real quick um this movie was co-written by dennis leary and yes. it's about dennis leary and one of the things i did like about this movie is that they already knew each other at the beginning of the movie i thought it was going to be like a meet cute where they're both like criminals but they actually together they're in a relationship yeah. dennis leary and sandra bullock they they fence art for for this kind of low-level crime boss in uh I think he's in Boston. I'm not sure. And uh, 
so yeah, they're going around stealing paintings and, and, you know, she's been put upon because he's not, you know, he's kind of a man's man. He, he's afraid to show his feelings and he won't admit that he really loves her and just kind of that whole bro thing. And she wants to kind of go out and see the world and experience life. And he's not interested in that. And uh, it kind of goes from that to they steal this painting and then they, they hide out in like the Hamptons or, or in uh, Narragansett for the weekend and try to, he's trying to, in his own weird way, trying to rekindle romance, even though he can't say the words and, right. uh, and hoping that she'll, you know, you know, stay with him. And she wants to get out and she ends up in this romance with a guy that lives across the lake and uh, who's a, who's a rich guy and an art collector himself and kind of all the, the, the threads kind of tie together towards the end of the movie. But for most of this movie, I was just like, where's this movie going? Not in a good way either. I was like, no, it was, <laughs> There's yeah. like there's a solid hour where they're just they're just squatting in this you know they they con their way into this house and they pretend that they're watch, they're house watching and they're there for like an hour just doing nothing and I'm like what is what is happening in this movie can somebody please do something <laughs> well and I, it's hard to I mean it's like you know it's the 90s or whatever and it 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 just seemed like so implausible that they would be able to stay in this house and nobody would like really push them on it even the police didn't really push them on it and i just thought like now with like the internet and our phone whatever like it would have been so easy to be like text whoever you know what i mean and like it'd just be like it would be over in a minute yeah exactly so, yeah. and and the other thing i noticed that both of the movies did is that at the, in the 90s i remember it was like this big like women like we're gonna show how women are better than men, you know, in a lot of ways. They're smarter, they're more ambitious, they're, you know, um, they get all the jokes, they get whatever. And I noticed that both of them, the woman was more like the, um, they played like the dude role, like the the classically dude role. Like in uh, in the first, in Two of By Sea, she's like she's the smart criminal. Like he says stuff, and she's like, no, <laughs> like don't yeah. don't say that. Like why would you? You know, like I'm I'm gonna get us out of this. And it both of them like and and in um, Bed of Roses, Mary Stuart Masterson is this like businesswoman who is you know her career is the only thing that matters to her, and she's climbing the ladder and she works too much and she doesn't want a relationship and she's afraid of love. And, and it is a very, um, you know, the nineties was when I was wearing like a tie to school and like, <laughs> you know, like I remember <laughs> I do, I have a class, I have a class picture where I'm actually wearing a tie and another one where I'm like in a blazer, like a, a you know, like a business blazer. Cause you know, women are powerful and we're, it's not the eighties with the, with the shoulder pads anymore, but. I don't know. I just, they both felt like, let's make men look weak. You know what I mean? In a way, or like not as good. And I felt like it was so, it was like overdone in a way, I guess. Well, more, I don't like, know. more like, maybe like more like vulnerable. Definitely with Bed of Roses, you're supposed to think that, oh, this guy is like mysterious. And then you find out what really is going on with him. You're like, oh. Right. I mean, like he lost, he lost his wife. He lost his kid. He cares about, he likes flowers. He cares about, you know, love and he has a big family and he wants kids and he wants, you know, whatever. And she's like this like business lady who just yeah. is afraid of everybody and, and only cares about her work. Obviously she has a traumatic kind of past, but. Um, yeah. She has, she has no family. She has, you know, and, and she feels like, 
she can't give her, which I don't know. I mean, I have a family, so I can't speak on this, but it seems weird for her to be like, I can't do this because I don't have a family. And I think she was afraid to like love anybody. You know what I mean? Like, like someone who kind of, who abused her. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. what, What else did that guy have to do? He's basically like, you can be part of this family. And it's just like, and I you love you. And you, can, that, right. you know, most people would just be like, Hey, that's a pretty good idea. I'm down for that. Right. <laughs> right. 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 Well, and she, I mean, and he also like, he used to be a wall street guy or whatever. Right. And now, you know, he realized yeah. that that's not what's important in life. And she's still kind of chasing this thing. That's not, I know we were talking about too, if I see, and I totally got that sidetracked, we're, but we're just going to shift back and forth between these I, two. <laughs> because I kept kind of comparing them just naturally, you know, I just felt like there's, you know, and even in two, if I see like, or actually both of them, like nobody had a cell phone. Um, and nope. there were certain things that happened that I think had there been cell phones, you know, it would. Oh, in Better Roses, when they're at the um, at his family's house for Christmas, and they are opening presents, and that woman pulls out like this huge camera and is like, "Smile!" <laughs> <laughs> I looked at it. I was like, "Why does that look so weird?" It just like gave me this like very strange like, "Why would she have this like professional camera? Like, why yeah. did she just take a picture with her phone?" And it's just scary how long ago it really, really was. Um, yeah. Just thinking about yeah. technology. Twenty-five years later, and I'm just watching these movies because I've, you know, I've been I've seen about a dozen movies so far, rewatching them from '96, or or watching them for the first time, like these movies, and just the the, the phones that they did have, and I'm just like, oh god, it kind of would be nice to not have all the like the cell phone and the internet. I know the internet was was still early back then. You could kind of get on the internet, but that was it. Like there was a scene of of uh, Mary Stuart Masterson when her boss was like. I want you fresh for this big deal. So go home for the rest of the week. And she's literally sitting there. And I'm just thinking, 1986. I'm like, go get yourself a PlayStation, girl. Like, get something. Like, right. Like, she's just right. sitting there doing nothing. And I'm just like, that's how it was back then. There was nothing to do. <laughs> no, I mean, there, I mean, I remember in '97, I got a cell phone, like a a phone, because like I need, I don't know why I got one, my mom's phone or whatever. But it was like so new, and not everybody had one, and the internet was still like dial up and. It was a little bit, I don't know. Yeah, I guess there wasn't much to do. <laughs> but like now when you're, when you're, when like when I'm writing this, when I'm writing a script now, I have to like, you have to take into account all of these things and how the internet actually makes script writing very difficult because like so many things can be debunked so easily and fixed so quickly. And, you know, there's no, like the whole if I see like if people had cell phones like everybody had a cell phone and the internet was there's no way they would have pulled off what they were pulling off like there's just no plausible way that they could have gotten away with absolutely not and it's kind of like a running gag in that movie because the guy from across the across the pond or whatever he comes over he's like who are you and they're like oh I'm Joey Joe Joerson and he's like okay good enough and then he leaves And then the cop comes and he's like, I know them. Okay. And then the little kid comes over and he's like, where's my 50 bucks? Because I guess he was supposed to watch the house or something. And so Dennis Leary steals the kid's 50 bucks. And like, there's that running gag in the whole movie where like, he knows that they're not supposed to be there. So he goes and tells the sheriff and the sheriff shows up like in the house, just watching Dennis Leary sleep, which is weird. 
And yeah. he, he wakes up and he's like, you guys aren't supposed to be here. And then they just lie their way through it again. Very poorly, by the way. They're not very smooth right. with their, their fibs. And he's like, sounds good. And he just leaves. And it's just like, I know. caught three times and nobody is like, nobody's the wiser. It's, it's and just, also it was, the, the kid, the kid, he said his parents, his dad was gone and his mom was away with her boyfriend. Who's watching him? Whose house is he <laughs> staying at? I kept going like, who's? staying with this kid did they leave him did they leave this little boy by himself like for however long she went with her boyfriend on a trip like well yeah. you know it was the 90s our parents were a little bit less strict i don't know like you could go out you could go out for the weekend like playing out in the woods and nobody would say I mean, anything yeah <laughs> i guess as long as you came back by dark you're okay <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I guess that's that's it is kind of true. It was a lot less of a scary world at that point. Um, but yeah, I just I was really worried about this kid's parents. I was like, where are they? Like, what is a nanny staying with it? Like, I just wanted to know like where it was like bothering me every time I saw him. And of course, you know, he's filming things with this ginormous video camera. Um, but. I don't know. It was. I did notice there was one F word in to a feisty. They said it one time. I tried to count, but I think they got their one PG thirteen F yeah. word in there or whatever. Um, yeah. But I thought like that movie. There was a lot of strange direction choices. Like I, I don't know. It just. It was just. It was not good. It was not good. And I love Sandra Bullock and I love Dennis Leary. Um, but like there was. It was just, but what I loved about both of them was the soundtracks because you got some insensitive ice cream. There was like all these old, and notice all of the like ballads that were playing were like so 90s. I don't know what it is. It was like the quality of the music. Oh my God. Spooky Lilith Fair. Yes. And Bed of Roses, like all those songs were like, Holy shit, have I literally been transported to 1996 because I feel like I'm in a coffee shop. Like, yeah, yeah, so well, it's all exactly. my favorite music, but, but still. Like. Sarah McLaughlin is in the background playing, and it's just like, yeah, and insensitive. I got the DVD and I put it in and it said special features in the music video. I was like, I'm watching that shit. Oh, like, that's I cool. I didn't get special <laughs> features for my 548. Um, I did get a choice between widescreen and full screen, <laughs> but widescreen on my TV looked weird too. Um, yeah. It was just weird. It was, they're very, um, like you think of the nineties as this time that doesn't really have any, um, or I do at least, I think of the nineties as time where it doesn't have any like real markers to the time period. You know what I mean? And then yeah. I'm watching these movies and I'm like, oh, there are a lot of markers. <laughs> like there are a lot yeah. of things that are very 90s that I, I never really imagined. Like to me, it just was like, it is because I lived through it, you know, like that just, it is, but it was, but it's a super 90s. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I liked a lot of the music actually because that's like the kind the of music. music was fun. Yeah, it definitely is nostalgic. It brings you back for sure. Um, but yeah, especially in Better Roses, the soundtrack was just like, wow. Like, it was I, like I, the best of. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the best of the mid-90s. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I don't really remember much about the soundtrack in Two of I See. I was just kind of confounded by the plot. And there also, wasn't... Oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, some of the dialogue did not age well in Two of I See. That's what I was just going to say. They said the F word, like the F-A word, yeah. uh, a lot. A lot. And that's kind of 
part of Dennis Leary's shtick, but it's just his his comedy. Room. I was like, ugh. Ooh, it was grating. It was yeah. grating. No thanks. <laughs> yeah, it was, and he was talking about like how stupid Cats was, and she's like, um, Batman. The man dresses up like a bat and hangs out <laughs> with a teenage boy. Like, and you're yeah. telling me that's cooler than Cats in some way yeah. or whatever. And I thought that was kind of funny. Um, but her accent funny. was really bothering me. Um, yeah, it, it it was not working. This was like right after Speed, but still, still not yet. She still was not yet like a gigantic star. So, so she was on her way up. And I think she was just trying to feel out the projects and pick different, Try things. different things. Yeah, it's definitely not. She's done most everything she's done. I really like, but this one not as much. But they both had also the very '90s montages of them doing stuff. Like in 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 Bed of Roses, it was the montage of like after she tells him like I can't marry you, then it's like her at work being sad, her at home being sad, her walking down the street being sad. <laughs> like you know, it was just like with the music and oh my, that the end of that movie was so weird and poorly paced because you know the big scene was they go to his house for Christmas, his family's house for Christmas, and he proposes to her in front of his family, and she's like freaked out. And she walks outside and she's like, I can't do this. And so then, yeah, it goes right into that montage. And then it comes back for the last scene. And it's like three months later. I'm like, that just happened. Like, there's no, like, you right. had to put that montage in there for the passage of time. But, like, you did that scene at the at the house way too late in the movie. That should have been a little bit sooner because now there's no time. It didn't feel natural. To recover. Yeah. No, at all. So. Yeah. Yeah, it was, I mean, I felt like both of them, the writing was just terrible. <laughs> I just, I don't know if it was, I would have felt that way at the time, um, or if it's just now looking back at that time period and being like, oh God, I'm glad we don't really write movies like this anymore for the right. most part. Um, but they just, they just felt, they both felt like the, almost the same movie in a lot of ways. They were just so formulaic. Like we have this and we have this and we have this and then this happens and then this happens, montage, the end. <laughs> like it was just like very typical movie structure and nothing. Yeah. I don't know. I think movie audiences now are so much more um, aware of things. Like they need that surprise or that twist or that some kind of. I don't know something inter something interesting about it. Well, I will than... say that there are a couple jokes too. If I see that made me laugh, and that kind of kept me going, like um, the mob boss that's going to come back. He re they realize that the painting that they're stealing is way worth way more than right. originally thought. It's worth instead of a hundred thousand, it's worth like four million. So the guy that Dennis Leary works for drives down from Boston with uh, with his meathead, you know, gang. So this, these four big guys all piled up into a car and their gag is that they keep stealing other people's cars to, to get to where they're going. So, like, <laughs> they get to a restaurant and they steal some other some guy's Jaguar or whatever. And so then they get down there and they eventually steal a cop car and then they steal the FBI. Funny gag, I thought, because it was it was edited very well, I thought. Um, but overall, yes, these films were just kind of like scenes happen another scene happens especially in bed of roses it's like 
the scenes just happened and I was not interested in what would happen next at all. I was just kind of like, okay, you know, I like these actors, but I, I am not interested in seeing them get together because they seem like they're comatose whenever they're with each other or like they're on quaaludes or something because there's no, there's no fire. There's no energy. Like there's no passion. Well, that's what all. I'm saying. I don't think they were a good casting match chemistry wise. It just felt very forced and fake. And I swear to you the whole time, I'm like, why do they have this lesbian kissing Christian Slater? I just, I just like, she just to me comes off as like, they wanted to make her this kind of like feminine, you know, she's, I don't know. I guess they picked her because she's more, she's got like this manly job and this manly career and manly ambitions or whatever. But she just didn't seem, she still seemed manly when he was with her. And he's so kind of effeminate as a guy that it just felt just not, 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 not good. <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, the only so thing nice. I loved about that movie was Pamela. I thought she was great. I was like the best now friend. We, yeah. Josh Brolin was good too, but he was only in like three scenes. Well, and the guy um, no. who plays the the guy the guy across the lake is like nobody. Like I was like, who is this guy? Like he's not even yeah. a. I don't think I've ever seen him in anything ever. Oh, oh, in two if I see. No, in um. Oh yes, yeah, sorry, yes, I'm getting them confused. Yeah, in two if I see the guy across the lake or whatever that guy. I was like, he can't be important. He's nobody. <laughs> and I was like, Who's oh my god. He thrones. Oh my god, are you serious? Have you seen Game of Thrones? You know, like yes, the characters. But I guess I didn't he recognize. Was... <laughs> he played Stannis Baratheon. Oh my God, you're right. Okay, well then I guess yeah. he has some stuff. <laughs> He's definitely more of a TV actor. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, also, and if people have been in Game of Thrones, it means unless they're one of the main, 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 main characters, it means almost nothing to me because. <laughs> they're all they're all in like these costumes that I'll never recognize them anywhere else ever again. Right. So right. it's like <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I got well now I feel dumb. But uh what's his name? Steven Delane. Yeah, Stephen Delane. So yeah, oh, let's okay. talk about that plot line for a little bit because there's a an FBI agent played by Yafit Kodo, and he's he's obsessed. This is weird. I've never been in a movie before. He's obsessed with capturing this guy named uh phil the shill who is right. like this, this infamous art heist thief or whatever and who apparently faked it like he believes he faked his own death and got away everybody right. thinks he just died and that case is closed but he won't let it go so of course when they they introduce all of that exposition and they don't they don't go back to it for a long time and then this guy is introduced from across the lake out of nowhere and of course, if, unless you're an idiot, you're like, that's probably Phil the Shill because he's right, super rich. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. You know? So I because I, I watch this with my wife and we're like like instantly like jinx. We're like, that's Phil the Shill. Like and <laughs> I mean, it has to be because what right. They're gonna introduce and they're not gonna just they're not just gonna drop that plot line in the beginning of the movie and then not not address it. I think it'd be hilarious if they did that, but no, that's not how Hollywood movies work. Everything is tied together in a nice, neat way. So, yeah, of course, I, I had a hard time following the plot in that movie at all because mm -hmm. it was so just contrived. I don't know. It was just so all over the place that I would actually forget things. 
that they kind of mentioned because it never really happened or appeared. I don't know. Like that okay, like the the guy, um, like the little kid who took that video of the guy kissing that or whatever, and they had the painting behind the couch. The first time they showed it, I was like, hey, that's the painting. <laughs> so like <laughs> nobody mentions it until later he goes, wait, 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 go back. Oh, that's the painting. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, hello. But did you not see it the first time they showed it? Like the painting's like the center of the shot. Like it's like the like, I don't know. It just was, I feel like the movie, I feel like, I don't know if it's because I'm a filmmaker or in general audiences are just a lot smarter now than they were then. And it just seemed like really dumb. Like. There's a lot of dumb things in, in both of these movies, especially two of I see in the beginning. The very beginning of the movie is they're arguing while they're being chased by the cops, but it's like right. the slowest, yeah. it's the slowest, it's the slowest car chase ever, like the OJ, you know, Bronco chase. <laughs> and it's because he stole another car and the cops saw it, which was kind of a funny gag, but she's like browbeating the whole time for being idiot. And the cops are on them and he loses them. And he like, all he does is turn around into a set of bushes on the highway. <laughs> and 10 cop cars drive by without one of them looking in their rear view mirror to see that there's a Dodge Neon right behind them. Right. Was just, like, are, are you kidding me? Not one of them. Like, so I couldn't believe that. It's like how they do it in like thriller and horror movies when somebody's sneaking around somewhere and they're trying to find something and they, someone's like, somebody's coming. You got to hide. And so someone who is just in a room rummaging around, the guy comes in or the girl comes in and they're gone from the room. Right. without a sound and they're hiding somewhere in the room or they're in a, in a closet okay. or whatever and they made zero noise at all like if, <laughs> if even though they've been they're, they're running around the room trying to hide if you're coming up to that room you're hearing that person and it's never addressed in any movie and it always drives me crazy yeah that's true people just kind of disappear and then they're <laughs> like oh they're behind the door and you're like how can you <laughs> like, like, i don't know where you're at but, cabinet, but nobody heard the cabinet squeak or shut <laughs> or or anything or even, yeah even just the fact of somebody running around frantically trying to find something a spot nothing yeah no. i mean you have to have a certain amount of you know uh, suspending your disbelief i think for any movie or tv show yeah. even the good ones but when it's asking you to suspend like every Physic disbelief <laughs> or like <laughs> or like physical things that like just don't make sense any other way it's just i yep. don't know I, I think that's why it's so hard when i write because i'm the one i'm hardest on my stuff and i'm going like oh i would see that coming or oh that makes sense or oh that's super convenient like you know like that that would happen of course that would happen mm -hmm. um and and but at some point i think you just have to accept it <laughs> that it's like yeah, oh, you know. trust me i i accept that kind of stuff i just but i i just assume it comes with the territory but but that one was pretty egregious i was like it's broad daylight and he's not like even they're even hiding on the highway they're behind a bush and the angle of the shot it's like the cop cars if they just look behind them they would see that there's a car behind them and it's just like yeah it wasn't cars. even like really hidden yeah it I wasn't know. really that hidden the problem with that, I think the, the problem with the tone of that is that, yes, they kind of wanted to play it like a stupid comedy, and it wasn't really a stupid comedy, right? It had some, like, deeper things in it. And no. Yeah, it was more like, it was more like, kind of like Moonstruck, almost kind of like. Yeah. It was like a, it was like a dramedy about this couple trying to work their shit out, and it's, 
and, and it did not come across as like a goofy comedy, even though I think they had some stuff in there that was kind of like silly slapstick stuff. It just it didn't work for me at all. Yeah, and I, I again also their chemistry. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I actually found myself thinking like, just leave this guy and go with the guy across the lake. Like you guys have more chemistry <laughs> than him. Like I didn't believe like, oh, but this is her true love because like it just seemed. First of all, it seemed like she hated him. Yeah. Secondly, it seemed like she thought he was the biggest idiot in the world, <laughs> and he kind of was. Yeah, And you'd think like someone as smart as her, as ambitious as her, as wanting to like have more in her life as her would spend seven years with this guy that she thinks is an idiot. And then I thought, well, no, I've spent a few years with someone that I'm like. I spent three years with someone who is just the worst. So I can relate to that. Like it's no, not, yeah. you know. But that's if you like care about them. And it just didn't seem like she cared about him. Like it seemed, first of all, you're here with your boyfriend in this house squatting. You meet this other guy. He's nice to you. He's hitting on you. At no point does she's like, I'm, I have a boyfriend. <laughs> like, like, don't kiss me. Like, let's not play golf together, you know, without my boyfriend. Like, I don't, like, I get that they were like fighting, but it just seemed like she was acting like she was single. And well, as soon as as soon as uh, as soon like as soon as he saw her, the guy from across the lake, he was like, "Yeah, she can get it." Like, and then she was like, (laughs) "She was like later, she was like, yeah, I'm down for it too." And it's just like, dude, you're you're in a relationship right now, and she didn't seem to give one shit that she was with Dennis Leary at all. No, and she and she didn't wait for them to fight before she went and like kissed him and all this like. It wasn't even like during the fight when they were like, she was like, listen, I can't do this anymore. It wasn't after that. It was before that. Mm-hmm. It was like before all that happened. I don't know. I I really so, love Sandra Bullock, but this movie made me angry with her. Maybe because I'm not like an alpha male, like macho meathead, but like his attempts to like reconcile with her were the most asinine things I've ever seen in my life. It's like, go, go fishing. Like he's going to go catch make dinner but he like <laughs> he like shoots the fish and there's the bullet is left in the fish while she's eating it and then he insults her painting i'm like i don't know any asshole who would actually do that on purpose it's just like like it's maybe it's just unbelievable for me but it's just like fucking common sense like no like, I mean, and that's a special kind of stupid <laughs> like, after a while i was just like you idiot like i don't I know she should leave you. I don't feel bad for you at all, man. Like at all. Yeah, there was there was no. I didn't care for him. I she also was acting crazy, but like her painting was actually really pretty good yeah. for someone who's never painted before. And I can't imagine that someone who loves her would be like, "That's dumb." It's, like he said, it's messy or something. Right, he said, or it looks messy. And I'm like, "You're an art thief. You <laughs> should know about impressionism and like." Yes. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, you have to know something to, I guess they're not choosing what they're stealing. They were stealing something for somebody who knew what it was. Yeah. But I don't know. And the fact that how he came across the book and saw that it was the painting and saw that it had been stolen. And that's how he put all the pieces together. All of a sudden, and, yeah, he's an expert in art. Like, after he just proved he's a moron. It's- right. Like, <laughs> He didn't even understand Impressionism, and now he's like, oh, my God, I re- and this has never been recovered, and now I'm going to knock this wall down. <laughs> he comes out the other side of the wall. It's just- and then the biggest thing is is the FBI guy come. He's so happy. 
that this moron has helped him catch Phil the shill that he's like, you guys can go free after you just evaded police across state yeah. lines and stole the painting. And, but you guys can go. Like, I would have been like, thanks for helping me find this guy. You're also arrested. Go to jail. <laughs> right. And also the guy, the, the FBI guy's name was O'Malley, right? He was a black dude. Yeah. O'Malley, and he was like, "What? What? You have a problem with that? What? What? You know?" <laughs> I was like, "Oh, I yeah, can't be honest." Yeah. They had to have the guy at the beginning. He's like FBI O'Malley, and then the cop, the white cop, after he walks by, he's like O'Malley, and he, yeah, he turns around and goes, explain something. Say something, something like that, not Irish right. enough for you or something. So you know, those but jokes. But also, they never even funny. explained it. Like, I want to know: Was he adopted? How did he get this <laughs> name? Like, I just want to know because yes, it is unusual for a black person to have an Irish last name. I, I, I think, I think it's an unusual. I don't, I don't know if that's a Dennis Leary thing where it's just like, look, this black guy's last name is O'Malley. Isn't that funny? Or it's just like, it's just, it's, it's there to, for like white people to go, well, black people can't have that last name. Too. Right. It felt like a little racist to me. I don't know. It felt like a little, I felt uncomfortable <laughs> with the joke yeah. in general. And like, and also he was like kind of an idiot. Like he was in charge of this whole thing and he was just kind of, stumbling and bumbling around, you know, like like the cops and FBI do in these movies where it's just like, they're, how did you get to your position and well, that you're outwitted by Dennis Leary? Like, <laughs> well, well, that's the gag is that the FBI guy is following the, the boss and his cronies while they're stealing different cars. And every time they steal a car, they leave a trail. Like they steal a cement truck and there's this cement is following them the whole way. So the cops are, behind, the FBI is behind him. The FBI guy, Yafid Koto, he's like, it can't be this easy. And he says that like four times in the movie because he's following these idiots <laughs> all the way there. True. Which, I thought that part was funny, but it just there wasn't enough funny things for me to to recommend this movie at all. No, I I at least with Bed of Roses, I, I didn't like it either, but it kept my attention longer. And I actually cried. <laughs> I actually cried towards the end. Now I'm gonna blame that on my hormones, but also um, it, 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 I cried enough that I felt like something for somebody. Like I was like I, I there was some kind of attachment to these characters to some degree. Like Christian Slater always plays these. I don't know. I feel like he plays a similar note in a lot of things. And, and, and there is something like um, sweet and disarming about him or whatever. Um, but like, I don't know. I feel like if they made that movie now, but they made better roses now, I don't think it would have been a comedy at all. I don't think they would have even made it a comedy and they would have, there would have been a lot more about like what happened to her as a kid. Cause like they don't even, she doesn't even say it. She goes, he told me I did on my birthday. He took care of me and he, well, you know. Like, that's what she said. As if we're supposed yeah. to, like, put in the, oh, well, he abused her, clearly. Like, he sexually assaulted her, I assume. Yeah. Um, and, but they all they showed was this kind of drunk guy sitting on a couch and telling her he's not going to be around. And she seemed sad about it. Like, if this guy's, like, abusing her, I don't know. I would kind of be happy that he's going out of town for a couple of weeks. Like... I think she was sad because he she wanted to go to her friend's birthday party and like she, he's her only means of transportation and he was like just go go talk to the neighbor and she'll take you to the party which is fucked up on so many different levels and it's just yeah, like <laughs> she was like yeah sad. she was definitely not sad because he was leaving she was sad because she didn't have like a regular life as a as a little girl to like 
go do stuff like go to people's birthday parties because he was never around to do that stuff for her. So that that's... like now she's what thirty something, right? Like in, when the movie happens, like in all that time, she didn't get therapy. She didn't deal with any of it. Like this is the first time she's even like thinking about it because the guy died. I I don't know. I just. I don't know. I just felt like it was, it was like put, putting this really heavy thing into it that 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 they didn't even really address. Like, don't put it in there. Like, if you can't address it, I guess in the 90s you maybe couldn't. Like, now it would be a, like they'd show stuff or say stuff or whatever. I don't know. I just felt like this really heavy thing that they weren't going to address. And if she was still holding on to this at 30 years old or whatever and hadn't told anybody but her best friend about this guy and her dad or whatever, like she would be more of a mess than she is. She wouldn't be like top of her business life. You know what I mean? Like if she really hadn't dealt with it all this time, she'd probably be an alcoholic. Yeah. You know, who is like a disaster and can't take care of her. Like if I read the script, I'd be like, this doesn't make any sense. Like as far as like the character, like yeah. why would she be this way? And her friend too was like, what do you haven't told him? Like, what are you going to do? Almost like, like she's like insinuating that she's like a mass murderer or something. It's just like, that's just baggage that everybody has. Like everybody's got something fucked up that's happened to them. It's like when you meet somebody new, eventually you find the right time to tell them about your past and if they want to be with you they're like i understand and if they don't they'll just peace out so i don't know what the problem is yeah like, she made it seem like if he finds out that no one would want her if they found out she was abused as a kid like i don't know I, the guy was like obsessed with her he was sending her flowers every five minutes like you know staring well, he, at was, her window. He, was, he was straight up stalking her like oh for sure like, and, and this is a, a lot of like, all, I mean, all the way almost even to today where like there's one character, usually it's the guy, sometimes it's the girl, but it's mostly the guy where this whole stocky, stalking behavior is like considered to be charming or quirky. Right. And it's like, that's how you got to win the girl. And right. it's like, in real life, that's never charming. I don't think it's right. ever been charming, you know, right. Unless maybe if you've broken up with the girl one time and you're trying to get back with her, I guess you can be a little stalkery. I don't know. I don't know. You have, it, it depends on a case by case. You have like a relationship or a connection of some kind already. Yes. It's yeah. just, and he's so inoffensive, like completely like there's never one time in the movie where he's like, look, can you like snap out of it? Like, <laughs> like <laughs> I love you. I'm throwing myself at you. I'm a pretty cool dude. I'm single, uh, unfortunately, but I'm single. <laughs> right. Like, I, what, I, yeah. What's wrong with, like, I, I just wanted him to be like, what's wrong with me? Like, <laughs> right. I'm literally the best thing that you could ever find. I have a beautiful family. I'm a loving guy. I have a good job. I have a nice apartment with a huge garden on top of it. I, you know, <laughs> like how he's affording that with a flower shop. Who knows? Um, but I, her her running away every time like that he like got close to her just felt so um it was like just like necessary to the it just i don't know how to even explain it it just felt not this really is like well. this is like the romance version of of like a guy movie like a super hardcore action movie where there's no plot and it's just the guy has to get revenge for his family he goes and he kills all the bad guys and it's the end and it's like this is like 
the romantic drama equivalent of that. It's just <laughs> like all the boxes are checked. Like this guy is perfect. Like if if you are if this, if, you know, if Christian Slater with a with a rose garden and it's like at the top of his apartment, who is completely you know, emotionally available and is there just to listen to you all the time and will never say a cross word to you. Like that's heaven for some people. So there he is right there in the movie. But then, you know, just so we don't make it too easy, she's got a conflict of, you know, a crisis of conflict here where she has to decide whether she wants to be a successful businesswoman or find the perfect man. Her like she can't have both. She, she can't, but she can't lose either way. She's successful no matter what. Either she has right. the high power job or she has the man that was sent for her, the perfect man on the planet that every woman wants or whatever. Right. And it's just like she can't lose either way. <laughs> or, or, I mean, and, or, or the idea that she could have both and didn't have to choose was not even an option. Like, right. why, why, like, why would she have to choose? And also, his trauma was way more recent and almost maybe more horrific. Yeah, it looks like a dead and, child. And he was totally open and willing and available, and she was running away because he kissed her. You she know? Was like, <laughs> he was like, he was like, he was like, yeah, my dead wife and my dead kid. But anyways, I love you. But anyway, I found you, and now I'm in love. He even said to the flower guy, the guy he was working with, he goes, I just found her. I can't let her go. And it's like, when he said that, I thought, did he know her before? And he's been looking for her or whatever. And it was like, what do you mean you found her? You found the next, I guess he met, but he found the next love of his life, I guess. But how he knew that in the three days that they had known each other, that he like stalked her window. And you know, I don't know. It just was like. I don't know. There were so many things that were upsetting about both of these movies. I just, I, I wanted like, to like them more than I did. I was thinking, how could I do this where it would be like a compelling plot? And I'd be like, what if he is a killer? What if he is like, what if he's like the rose killer where he's like, he kills his victims and then lays them down on a bed of roses for the cops to find. Yeah. That, <laughs> I'd rather watch that movie. Honestly. But, but I then just, he falls in love with her and he wants to be with her. And like, you always see that in like, in like thrillers where the guy is like killing people, but he like is in love with this woman who he's never hurt before. And the woman is always like, Oh my God, I got to get away from this person. Even though he, they, he treats her perfectly like but he's never, never been bad to her right <laughs> you know i want to see one of those movies where the girl's like you know what he is a killer but he treats me pretty good go with right. him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey that sounds like my last relationship not a killer but not a good guy um i mean women women i think and men probably make a lot of um um uh, allowances for bad behavior when you care about somebody Absolutely. but it's like this man was treating her better than anybody had ever treated her. And you would think, especially with her history of being unloved and uncared for, that she wouldn't go running into this man's arm for dear life and be like, just never let me go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and instead, yeah. he's reacting like, here's this man who's giving me everything that I want and love and whatever, and I'm going to like run the other way because... I guess because she felt like she doesn't deserve it, I assume, if you want to get into the psychology of it all. But, like, it just felt, I don't know. It just felt not real. And it also felt like he had very little, she had all this trauma, right? And she was so affected by it. It was, it was changing everything in her life and affecting everything in her life. 
And he had this very recent awful trauma that literally had didn't affect him at all. Like all it did was make him change jobs. He was like, oh, I'm not gonna work on Wall Street. I'm gonna open a flower shop. That's that was his reaction to losing his wife and, and kid. And and then never like had an issue with it again. Like it didn't even seem like it had happened so long ago. Like I don't remember if they mentioned the timeline, but well, he goes for walks at night. That's how he deals with it. So he's yeah, good. so he's yes, he walks at night and then and then stalks the women he sees in the in the windows and then waits till one of them actually respond. Respond. He's literally window shopping, and it's like oh. <laughs> yes. I one scene where this guy just breaks down once because of the trauma he's experienced from the loss of his family. She just comes home and he just loses his shit and just be like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to like. <laughs> right. Or like, even like, even like, uh, even her running out on it. I don't know. You would think he would be more hurt and not be so quick to like take her back. Um, because he put his whole like heart on the line and everything. And it, and I, it must be a traumatized heart as far as, you know, you would think. And for her to just him to just like take her back, I don't know. And and you know he's telling her like, oh, you looked so sad, you were crying. When they pulled out from that window, there's no way you could have even seen her face, much less no. how sad she was or if she was crying. Like you couldn't see her from his perspective, like at all. Like they didn't even make it look like he could. <laughs> like you could. Like, they, like, and he he said like you're the only light that was on. And Right. There was the only light that was on. Like, I find that hard to believe. Yeah, like, that's awful. <laughs> like, what time was it? Like, even at three in the morning, that's hard to believe. There's, there's stuff going on. I mean. And his apartment in New York City must have cost m millions. I can't even. It was ginormous. It was I don't huge. Know. It was, that, that rent in 1996 was probably $5,000 a month. Like, like, there's no way. Right, there, and then that's even more, right. You know, um, yeah, I agree with you when what you said earlier about how she's just like, I feel like the, the writer-director was, they were just thinking too much. They were overthinking this relationship where I feel like in real life, if somebody, man or woman, had thrown themselves at this other person like they did, most people would be like, this is amazing. Like, <laughs> like right. I'm going to I'm gonna say yes, you know, because when when he opened that ring box for her and she looked at it, her initial reaction, at least to me, she was, she was overjoyed. I right. saw that ring and she was like overcome with emotion in a good way. And then right. she kind of like, she kind of like beat it back and was like, I can't do this, but I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I saw in her face that she wanted it. She wanted to get married. She wanted to be with this guy. And then she realized like, Oh, it was, it's, it's too soon. I can't, which I don't know. It felt out of left field for me. It, yeah, her running out like that was a little bit, and also like her friend, the Pamela Adlon's character. Um, like she, she's the one who kept reacting the way I would think that Mary Stuart Masterson's character should have reacted. Like she's like, "Where do you sign? Marry this guy? Get him? Like, oh, like this guy's like perfect." And like the only way that would have worked, like I think in a better way, is like you said, if he wasn't perfect, right? Like if it was all an act, or he was really a killer, or he's really an abusive jerk. Or he's, right. or he's not available, or he's married, or whatever. But it was like, he's literally this most amazing guy, and then he turns out to actually just be an amazing guy. And this idiot woman is just like, 
it's like all she wanted in her life was to be loved by a man, clearly, because she had no love as a child from the man that was taking care of her. And like, you would just think she would run towards it. I yeah. don't know. It just felt not realistic. But I guess not Not many 90s movies were super realistic either. Well, but, or, even, or even now. Well, I just thought of a movie. I don't know. Did you ever see When a Man Loves a Woman with Andy Garcia and Meg? Yes, that was a good movie. That felt like a more realistic relationship where one one person was like super fucked up and had issues and they try to work through it. Where it's just like in this movie, they should have had like they should have the first act should have been their courtship and then they get married. And then she finds out that he's an alcoholic because his his, his family died horribly. Right. And he, he's just trying to hold it together. And she's just like, maybe he's not the perfect man. And then they work through it because that's more realistic. <laughs> yeah. No, that would make more sense that she would. Yeah. he. It's like she didn't have, she had too much trauma. Like her at, her behavior was like almost too much for what her trauma was. And his was like, not enough. It was yeah. like, he's, and then his was more recent. And I would think that not just I'm not bel like belittling the idea that she was abused as a child and that not being traumatic or that it's still w with her. Of course it is. Right. But I mean, he lost his wife and his unborn kid and all at once on the same day. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just you would think he wouldn't be ready to like jump back into a relationship, especially with a woman who is like a Wall Street, you know, like a business, like career oriented person when that was something in his life that got in the way of his relationship. I don't know. I think there could have been some script script changes that might have made it better. Um, well, I but, think that this yeah. is an interesting one. It, these two movies are interesting because two of I see features Sandra Bullock, who is a star on the rise and it's going to be gigantic very soon i think hope floats is going to be out soon after this movie oh, i and love that movie yeah that, that was a big film for her and and bed of roses it's like two two actors that were big in the 90s that were on in the downturn like christian slater was in like broken arrow in the same year and then after that like he really wasn't that much of a presence in like major hollywood movies as far as i can remember um not until recently when he was on mr robots so he was definitely kind of like 90s and so was mary stewart masterson and then it was just kind of like it was just kind of like on the downturn for them it was just they're just kind of relics of the 90s as far as like this movie is concerned i think bed of roses is definitely considered a slightly better film than two if by c and it probably has a bit of a cult following bed of roses um but two if by c i don't know anyone who even remembers this movie i uh, honestly when i heard the title i was like i don't even recall but then when I saw it, I'm like, I feel like I've seen this. You know what I mean? Like, I just felt like I had seen it, but I have no memory of it. Right. I had, I just remember, because this is when I started working at a movie theater is in 1996 and early 1996. And I remember like the first day I started at the theater, like two by C was like on its way out of theaters. And I was like, what is this movie? I've never even heard of it. And, uh, it was gone the next day. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it made a lot of money. It might have been one of those like one and one week and gone kind of a thing. Um, well, for box office, Bed of Roses did okay. It was released on Super Bowl weekend, nineteen ninety six, kind of counter program for the Super Bowl mm. to get the women into the theaters, and it, it made about six million on opening weekend, which is okay for Super Bowl weekend in nineteen ninety six. But then it ended up making about twenty million dollars in the states and about twenty seven million 
uh, worldwide. So, you know, adjust inflation, it probably made about 50 or 60 million today, which is not great, but it's not terrible. It wasn't a bomb, but it wasn't a hit either. It was kind of in the middle. And, well, and look, and 20 years later, two if by sea is available on Pluto TV, but Bed of Roses is not available anywhere. <laughs> Bed of Roses is not. Yeah, that's weird. So I guess maybe, right. I don't know, Dennis Leary has still has a fan base, I guess. So that might be why. Um, well, Sandra Bullock, I would say, is a much bigger star than either Christian Slater or Mary Stuart Masterson are now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, that's probably, yeah, you're right. That's probably why why it's on, because it's a Sandra Bullock movie. And people. I honestly, when I saw the cover for Better Roses, I thought that was Sandra Bullock also. I was like, ooh, Sandra, double feature. And then I was like, that's not Sandra Bullock. <laughs> <laughs> that is not Sandra Bullock. This movie was a bomb too, if I see. It didn't make any money. It made barely $5 million opening weekend wow. and $10 million total. It was not released internationally and it was out of theaters within weeks. So, wow. Yeah. I don't, I feel like I might have caught it maybe on TV or something, but I don't remember it really at all. Um, but yeah, Better Rose, I don't know. It's hard to say even that one is better than the other. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I I used to love Christian Slater, and in this movie, he bugged me. Yeah. Like, a lot. Like, he was too Christian Slater. It was too much of him, like, the, his very Christian Slater way of being. <laughs> you know, like, the, the, like, sideways talking in the low voice, and he's like, whatever he does, you know? Yeah. That, 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 like, if, if we don't get a movie where Christian Slater plays Jack Nicholson in, like, a biopic, I'm going to be super upset. Because yeah. <laughs> that's, yes. that's the role he was born to play. He was a very ineffective romantic lead. I, he was just kind of like, you know, his, you're supposed to feel sorry for his story, his backstory, and that's pretty much it. Like, he's, he's the perfect man in that he's completely inoffensive. He never raises his voice. He's a good listener. Like, but also at the same time, people have faults. Like, and in this movie, he has zero faults. Even when he, he very he, flat, yeah, very flat. Even when he kind, of, he doesn't really confront her. But he's like, "I found your address book and this photo of this guy." Like, he's basically saying, "Tell me about your life. I want to know about you." And she's like, gets all upset, and he's like, "I don't want to talk about it or whatever." Which she, she does tell him, but she kind of treats it like a betrayal, where he's just like, "I just want to know more about you." And it's just so funny because, like, it's just another another feature of him, just like being the perfect guy where he just wants to know about her and that's it. And she just can't take it. <laughs> yeah. It just felt, I mean, yeah, at least in two of by C, I felt like the characters, I don't even know how, but somehow they felt more developed. Um, but like he has no, there's no notes to him. He's just this one note guy. And even she is sort of this one note girl woman. And it, there was no depth to either one of them. And they both had these like tragedies in their past. Mm -hmm. And you would just think that two people who came out of these like tragic circumstances would be deeper, more interesting and nuanced and even flawed people. And her biggest flaw was that she worked too much and that she couldn't see a freaking good thing when she had it. Like she. Yep. She couldn't even recognize it. And I don't know. I guess maybe maybe there's some something to that. Like, I, 
I don't know. I find it, it's hard when you try to say like, well, how would I behave in this situation or how would I react? And, you know, obviously everybody would be different in how they, you know, react to trauma, but I just felt like it should be, he just was so boring. It was like, almost like I kind of get why she doesn't want to be with him. Cause he's just like boring. Like he just has no, there's no fire. There was no passion. There was no, there's nothing there's to nothing. get over. There's nothing to fight about. There's nothing. It's you like, know, he's like the guy that my therapist wants me to be with, like a guy that like is just like a nice <laughs> guy. I'm like, that's so boring. Why would I want just like a nice guy? <laughs> what would I do all day? <laughs> yeah, have, yeah, you gotta have something to fight about. Like, <laughs> I mean, I had a relationship once where we didn't have a fight for two years. We didn't, not once. And I thought that was amazing but now looking back on it i see why it wasn't a good relationship because when you don't fight it means you don't care i'm not to say to fight all the time that's a different thing but if you don't if there's no like anything there's nothing there it means like you either are not bringing something to the table or you're not being truthful with the other person or you're like you don't really care about them enough to even like get into it yeah, it's just another facet of having passion. It doesn't necessarily mean, oh, the sex is great all the time. It also means that you 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 feel strong about things, and you, sometimes you get into arguments. But it's not the end of the world. It's it's part right. of being in a relationship. Is it's kind of sometimes bickering back and forth. And you know, I'm married. I've been married for eight, almost eight years. You know, we get along great, but we do argue. I mean, it just that's just the way relationships are. Anyone who thinks that that's not a thing is fooling themselves. So yeah, or they're in a relationship where it doesn't matter. And that and that when it doesn't matter, it means that nobody matters in in that relationship. Like I don't know, I can't think of one healthy relationship where the people don't argue. You're gonna you're gonna um and you know, they didn't even I, argue after she walked out, he was mad and blah, blah blah and she comes to the door. He really didn't he still wasn't really mad. I was waiting for him to give like a big speech, like like yell at her, yeah, like Jerry Maguire or something, like just his big moment. And he was just like, "Wait!" He just she told him what to say, and he said it. I was like, "You fucking doormat!" Yeah, that like, was it. That was it. <laughs> you like this is the part where you say, "Wait, don't go," and he was like, "Okay, thanks for the note," you know. <laughs> and then like, she like goes, and he's like, "Wait, don't go." <laughs> is that like that? that that's like the screenwriter's idea of what women want. It's just uh, oh, an Android that you can program. Like, I don't know. That's, right. that's Tell me what to do. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I, I wanted him to be like, I lost my wife. I lost the kid that I was going to have. Like, I, I haven't had love in all these years. I haven't wanted to put my heart out. I met you, and I have this big, and I suddenly, like, you're my everything, and I wanted to marry you, and now you're being, like, a complete bitch about it. <laughs> like, I don't know. I just, I wanted him to, like, give me emotion, something, but it was almost like, he was just shut down in in a in a not in a not fun way. <laughs> I don't know. How to he was like, that. maybe we're just missed. Maybe the death of his his wife and his child just made him like numb. Like he's no. That's he what he felt like. He's not able to emote a, a past like a, a dull roar. <laughs> so. Right, but but he's like telling her like I'm in love. It's like this like strong. It's like the strong attraction, the strong love, whatever. And it just didn't feel. Like it was actually there. Like his actions were 
kind of giving us that, but like he, it didn't feel like he, he could even open his heart up enough to, to feel the way he's saying that he feels. If you could I, recast this movie, like 90 stars, if you could recast this movie, Bed of Roses, would you recast it and who would you use? I would recast it. Oh, that's a hard question because I love casting and I could get into that. But, um, oh God, I don't even know. I, that would be hard. I, I don't even know. I can't think of who offhand. That's a good question. But I would definitely pick a woman who doesn't feel like a lesbian, number one. And and I would pick a guy who's a little deeper than Christian Slater. I'm trying to think. Like, now, of course, I can't think of anybody. You know uh, what? I would go with Sandra Bullock and Keanu Reeves. Oh, my God. Yeah. That would like, work. That like, would totally work. You know, I, I think that would work perfectly, especially back then, because they hadn't. I don't think they had worked together yet. That would have been a really good combination. And it probably would have made a shitload of money. Yeah, I think like that would that would have been good. I think also, um oh, I wish you had asked me this before so I could have really thought about it because I'm sure I could come up with someone great. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, I I it would just have to be two actors that actually have chemistry, which it didn't feel like in either movie the actors had any chemistry, like whatsoever. I did think that Sandra Bullock was the right choice for Two If By C. Like I would probably cast her again, but like work with a dialect coach yeah. for accent. Um, but she felt like the right thing. I could see her being somebody who could either kind of fit in this like I'm poor world, I'm a poor thief, and also could fit in this like. I, I'm in a rich world and I can be a, a lady of the, you know, whatever, who plays, who paints and whatever. I could see her kind of making that shift. Um, and she's definitely super smart and she had to be really smart. She was much smarter than whatever. But Dennis, I don't know. I don't know. I would, I don't know. I don't know. I'd have to think about that. I'm going to think like one in the morning, I'm going to text you and be like, it's these people. <laughs> this, is the, this is the one. Um, I want to make like lists, <laughs> like my casting background makes me want to make lists. Um, yeah, I don't know. That would be a good. Would you ca recast two if I see? Um, that that is a good one. I would go with who is kind of like a big like comedy. I don't know if I'd I go with Dennis. Seth Rogen, Rogen, maybe. Like if we were doing it now, I would I'd definitely do someone like like a Seth Rogen or a, like a James Franco or something like that. And then for the woman, I would do, um, gosh, that's a tough one. Like the girl is hard. The woman's harder. I would pre maybe go with Sandra Bullock still. Like, I still think she would be the one, although I don't see right. her and Seth Rogen having a whole lot of chemistry, but who knows? Well, Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron had some good chemistry in, in uh, One Shot. Yes. Have you ever seen yes. that? Yes, they did. That was good. They did. She would be a good pick for that if it was a better script, too, if I see. Yeah. Um, she also can kind of make that jump from, like, um, lower class to higher class with her acting. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Like, even... Better Roses, I mean, like Kristen Stewart, I would I wouldn't mind seeing her in that part. Yeah, maybe. I like Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart and um 
Uh, what about that guy from Fifty Shades of Grey? He's actually a pretty good actor. Um, oh, you think so? Okay, look. Yeah, Jamie Dorn Dornan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually hate, I hate him. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's because I think I don't really hate him. I don't know that much about him. But um, but Fifty Shades of Grey, I was super looking forward to. And I read all the books and I love it and whatever. And I was very excited. And I was really mad about the choice of him for Christian Grey because I just don't think he's the, the right choice. It's not how I pictured him. Although Dakota Johnson, I thought was perfectly cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought she was perfect, but he bugs me. I feel like he has no, he feels like a model to me. You know what I mean? Like he's beautiful to look at, but there's no depth behind his, I I don't know. I don't like him. (laughs) I just don't like him. I wanted what's his face from Sons of Anarchy, but he pulled out, no pun intended. Um, He he pulled up to do that King Arthur movie, which was a bad choice in my opinion because nobody saw the King Arthur movie and everybody saw mm-hmm. Fifty Shades of Grey. I uh, saw them. <laughs> did you? Did yeah. you? I saw I, King I, Arthur I, in three D. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's not a great movie. I just I, I watch everything, so it's just like I not- only wanted to see it because of him because I'm a huge fan of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's a great actor. He would have made an amazing Christian Grey. I think um, much more. Yeah, he's, than- he's good. I, I love Sons of Anarchy for the last season, which was terrible. Um, His last season was terrible, and the ending was like just super disappointing. So, but after like spoiler alert, but once they killed Tara, I was like, I'm out of the show. Like I'm done. She, yeah, she's my favorite character. <laughs> oh really? You liked her? Yeah. She was okay. I I mean I love Jax. Jax is my favorite, but. Um, but the ending with him on the motorcycle and the things, I don't know. That was, that was super lame and super cheesy. It was. And it was like, you're not even going to show it. I don't know. It just, I don't know. It was kind of the same feeling with Fifty Shades. I was like, you're taking a book that is very dirty and you made a PG movie out of it somehow. (laughs) And I just, (laughs) I I don't know. Like if you're going to make that movie, make it, make it NC-17, like make the movie. Like do it, do it up, do it up. But um, I do give props to the writer of that for just taking Twilight and changing the names and places. Like that's pretty impressive. Yeah, um, that's impressive. So they made a she made a shitload of money off of that move. It's like <laughs> she made a shitload of money off of those books, and they were literally just like stolen from Twilight. Like she mm-hmm. just stole every plot line, every character, every idea, and just like changed the location or the name or the whatever. And it was like the same <laughs> movie. And I'm a Twilight fan, so it was a little, but. Um, Again, also Twilight, not a super healthy relationship. He was nope. a stalker and abusive kind of person. But but that's what we, that's what we girls learned to think that was the right way to, for things to be. Like, if the guy's not going to stalk me, he doesn't care. <laughs> He's also 100 years older than she is, too, which is super, super creep. I mean, it is, but he's also a teenager in his body. I don't. What's he gonna do? Date another thousand, thousands of year old person? Like who? Another vampire? I guess. Yeah, keep it to the vampires, buddy. Come on. (laughs) He's grooming her. (laughs) I found it to be. I found it also like same with Fifty Shades. Even though there was a lot of like um, backlash about how 
um, like this woman is like being mistreated or miss whatever or abused or whatever. And I'm like, yes and no, because like they both of the, both her and Christian Stewart's character, Bella, like they, they fought back. You know what I mean? Like they weren't like just like accepting of this is how it is. They were like, nah, that might be how it is for you, but it's not going to be how it is with us. You know, no. I don't know. She was into it. She wanted to explore his world of, of BDSM. So it's not like he forced her into it. He, Nobody she wanted, forced anybody. Yeah. You know? It's just she like... She wanted to. Like, he never said, like, do this or I'm going to kill you. <laughs> or, like, do no. this and I'm not going to be with you even. It was, like, something that was... What I don't like when people when people kind of bash those movies for that reason, I think to myself, like, those are people who don't believe that women can choose something that's not what they think women should choose. Like yeah, maybe she just really wanted to explore her sexuality and that whole world. And that doesn't make her a bad person or a weak woman or an abused woman or a whatever. Like, in fact, in the BDSM community, from what I understand, and I read a lot about it because I was interested, but like that the sub is, has the control and that's the real way it's, you know, like that's how it works. Like that the, the dominant person isn't really in control. It's the person who's saying, this is okay with you doing this to me. I'm okay with that. It's not being done against their will. That's not, that's a different, that's just rape. <laughs> like that's yeah. just a different thing. And it's a total double standard because if it was, if the woman was the dom in the movie and the guy was the sub, it would be a fucking comedy. And it would be right. treated. It was, this woman is in control. Isn't that hilarious? And right. that's like how funny is that? <laughs> you know, it's, it's definitely a double standard. But but let's yeah. play a little game We're here. Really digressing. Yes. <laughs> With, without looking before we end this, looking, which movie do you think has the higher rating? Like IMDb rating or something? No, you know, like IMDb. Um. I would have to go with two if I see, not because it's a better movie, but because the stars are so viable. Well, you would be wrong, actually. Really? Two if I see's got a five point three on IMDb, and Bed of Roses has a six point one. Hey, well, it is a better movie. Yeah, I mean, it's if if you want to, you know, kind of sit down with your friends and watch a good romance. Um, I guess Bed of Roses is much more satisfying as far as it has. It has a satisfying conclusion. They get together, and there's plenty of romance, cheerful looks at each other. So that works. Um, Two by C is just a weirdly, weirdly paced, um, kind of tone deaf kind of dramedy, crime comedy, and it just doesn't work. There's too much shit they threw at the wall, and I think that's why it doesn't work at all. Um, yeah, and there's a like very. I mean, as as kind of dumb as Bed of Roses is, there's very little reality in Two of Spicy. There's nothing that is like remotely believable realistic or believable in any of it. Yeah, it's yeah, one of those Hollywood. That would make sense. Absolutely, those Hollywood movies where everything that happens is just like it's because we have to get to this ending, and right. everything is everything is cool, even though in real life everybody would be in prison, and probably right. some people would have been been dead too look like, yeah right the kid who has no babysitter for one um and you know he's a little bit of a troublemaker you'd think he probably would have gotten into more trouble than he did but um yeah and all of a sudden dennis leary is like fathering him and it's like really like this thief is like your good role model then like your parents must be really bad like, yeah there's, just... 
there's that moment where it's like, oh yeah, Dennis Leary's learning how to be a father, and it's just like, come on, the movie's over. Can we go? Can we go? He's still an asshole. Right, like there's, he hasn't changed. He hasn't earned this like uh, I'm gonna be your father figure kind of a thing. You know, I don't know. I I don't know. But now I own Bed of Roses. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll revisit Maybe I'll it bring it on I'm just kidding. <laughs> so 1996 keeps rolling on. So many more movies to revisit, and I just realized that In Love and War is in 1996. With Sandra Bullock, Sandra Bullock and Chris O'Donnell. Can you believe that chemistry pairing? That probably would not be good, I feel like. <laughs> it wasn't. I don't, I don't feel like, I don't I don't feel like that would be a good pairing. But I remember in the night, I probably 96, Sandra Bullock was in most of the movies. <laughs> like, I feel like she was she in all the movies. Quite a few, at least. Yeah, I remember. That was her kind of, she was, she was in a lot of stuff, you know. Well, Practical um, Magic was around then. Yeah, Practical Hope Magic. Was, Oh, float speed two cruise control. <laughs> oh my god, I saw that too. Um, but the first speed was so good, though. The first one was like, I oh, was nice. like, and no one knew who she was. And I remember thinking, like, this woman is going to be so famous. Like, she was so engaging that you just wanted to see her. Like, she outshone Keanu Reeves, who was, like, top of his game. You know what I mean? Like, it was, I don't know. I remember thinking, like, wow. Absolutely. Even a terrible movie, she's still fun to watch because she just has that chemistry. She has that charisma that a you movie just want to see her. Just, Yeah, even Two of Bicey, the only redeeming quality, honestly, was her. Like, she, yeah. I enjoyed watching her, even with her horrible accent and <laughs> shitty relationship and unbelievable all of it. Um, I just, I love watching her and I'm just like down. I, yes. for her, I was down I for like, in this movie. I just wanted her to just get away from all these assholes. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh my God, go start your own business, girl. <laughs> do go something. do your own thing. Start painting. You're actually a really good artist. Did you know? <laughs> Did you know? <laughs> that wasn't like a first painting. Like, that was pretty good. <laughs> uh, well, like, it was fun revisiting these movies 25 years later. Um, sure. I don't know. I don't know if either one of them can be considered a classic, but I, I would probably say between the two, Bed of Roses is probably the more coherent film. Even if yeah. it's still a little lifeless, it'll work in a pinch if you're looking for like a like a movie to uh, you know satiate your romance fix. This this will probably do the job. Yeah, I would say I definitely cried during Bed of Roses, which has to mean something. <laughs> Yeah. Cry in the other movie. <laughs> as long as it evokes some sort of emotional response, it's definitely worthwhile. I might have been crying because the script was so bad, but I don't know. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> better than being mediocre, if uh, you know. Yes, better to be true. hated than to be forgotten. That's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> oh, Rekhet, I want to thank you so much for uh, joining me on this journey down to romance lane in 1996 because uh i don't know if i ever would have watched these if i hadn't taken on this project so it was fun to talk to you i love that you've taken on such a specific project <laughs> like specifically 1990 not 90s movies 1996 movies 1996 we're, we're we're going through all of them come hell or high water i'm probably gonna be done with 90s movies when i get to the end of this I'm sure you'll never want to see it again, but thank you for letting me be a part of it and also for helping me get my DVD player out of storage. 
You're welcome. Now you can go and find all kinds of DVD movies uh, and watch yes. them and enjoy them like it's 1996 again. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> all right. Thanks a lot. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye. <laughs> How was that? How'd that grab you? Romantic, wasn't it? A nice little interlude down 1996 lane. The kissy movies of 1996, as my daughter likes to call them. Don't ask me why. That's just the vocabulary she uses. Makes me laugh, so that's all that matters. So now, we bid you farewell once again. Uh, Six episodes down, roughly 194 to go. So don't be too sad about it. You'll hear my voice again and again and again and again until you're sick of it. (laughs) I'm really loving this show. I'm loving going back and talking about the movies of 1996, the movies from my teenage years uh, that kind of formulated or helped uh, formulate my love of film and cinema and being a creative person in general. And now I'm a, a writer and a podcaster and a audiobook narrator and a film fest runner and whatever else I can fill the void with uh, to not think about my impending mortality and your impending mortality too. Sorry, I didn't mean to be a bit of a downer there, but you know what I mean. So for everybody here at The Real 96 Podcast, which is just me, (laughs) we bid you farewell. And don't forget to check us out on social media. We are on Instabook, Facegram, and, and the Twitters. Um, at Real 96 Podcast. And we are also available via email. If you want to email us a suggestion, you want to be on the show, you know somebody who wants to be on the show, ask us if we're going to cover a particular film, you can email us at real96podcast at gmail.com. We're also on Letterboxd. If you're really into Letterboxd, you can find a whole bunch of lists on the Real 96 podcast. I love making lists. So lists for the movies that are mentioned in a particular episode, the full master list of all 200 films. You'll find all of that on Letterboxd. So with that, I'm heading out. I am really excited about the next episode. Chad Farmer, my partner in crime and my co-fest runner for the Grindsploitation Film Fest and Genre Blast Film Fest, join us as well as Grindhouse filmmaker Josh Stevenson, who is working on his first feature film, Death Trip, based on his short film, Death Trip, which played at Grindsploitation Film Fest last year, will also be joining us to talk From Dusk Till Dawn, the only major film released on January 19th, 1996. Oh, it's going to be a good one. A classic genre film from 96. So with that said, there's only one thing left to do. Go watch a movie. You've been listening to The Real 96 Podcast, recorded in the bustling metropolis of Midlothian, VA. This show is a Genre Blast production. Now go watch a movie.